Hey everybody, it's Gabe with a quick editor's note. Uh, last week I fucked around and got myself a concussion, so was not able to get on a computer and edit any of the episodes for release. But now we're back, and I hope you enjoy this week's discussion of MTV's Kennedy and her politics. And a little bit on the Goo Goo Dolls. Song yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> Which one are we even doing right now? Um, so I have the lyrics for name pulled up. Let's do it. All right. So this is episode uh, three. No, actually, actually, no. We should. This will be episode four, I believe. This will be episode yeah. four. Yeah. All right. This is episode yeah. four. Episode four <laughs> of our you know, '90s rock and what happened to it series. Yeah, 90s shit yeah. rock. The 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 decline of rock in the 90s. And name is so again we're using Goo Goo Dolls as our, you know, they are our mile markers of how things change from the early 90s through the 90s into the early 2000s. And this so we are now into the mid 90s. Um we are talking about the song Name by the Goo Goo Dolls. This was 94. Uh, right? 95. 95. Yeah. Even better. So we're right smack dab in the smack middle in the middle of, of the 90s. 90s. So the one thing that to me immediately strikes me is, so I remember getting really into the Goo Goo Dolls like when I was in high school, um, when I was learning uh-huh. guitar, mostly because the Goo Goo Dolls starting in the around this time. So this is the album A Boy Named Goo. Yep. And they were starting to use these like really weird tunings. Yeah, this one, this one's D A E A E. Yes. So you yeah. have a lot of like that, and you have that just drone that occurs the entire time. You know, because literally, you you have you know functionally three notes available to you. You know, if you're just barring, but they're not just barring. Um, like one fret at a time like they're doing some interesting stuff with it to give you some kind of i don't know it kind of gives the song and in general this kind of like open feeling yeah it's like the when you you know when you put the put the pedal down on the on the piano it's like this like it's just every single note can kind of ring out a little bit more and kind of hover over the next notes that you're playing in a kind of weird way. And I think that's kind of the mood of the, the mid nineties is a lot of songs, you know, they're started to a slow down a little bit. You know, one of the things you can go back to the first songs, first couple of songs that we're talking about in the early nineties and they're a little bit more up tempo still pretty yep. distorted but now yeah it's coming out of the sort of like you know butt rock and uh you know thrash metal kind of stuff and punk of the late 80s yeah. and so now it's like there's almost like it they're not putting on the brakes but they're sort of like putting it in yes. idle like let's just kind of coast along with these yeah songs. and i think this is kind of you know you're starting to see the mid 90s like grunge at this point is starting to wind down or at the very least yeah. has like hit its peak and is you know maybe uh, starting to come down, but it's still you know fairly popular. But um, you know now like what's replacing grunge? What in this three to four year cycle of popular music is going to replace it? 
And I think yep. Name by Goo Goo Dolls is a great example of what is going to come for the next few years. Yeah. Back on the tuning, though, really quick. It's interesting because I think that one of the things that the weird tuning of this song did was made it not made it less annoying as like a song that a guy plays on the quad in college. Yeah. So like I think that if this was just like in a standard tuning, this everybody would hate this song the way they hate a lot of oh, other yeah, songs. Absolutely. But because it didn't it doesn't have that association, I think there's still I still kind of have a fondness for it. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I have a fondness for Goo Goo Dolls in general because of the fact that they experiment with the tunings. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that and they I think they write decent pop songs. Like that is the one thing yeah. about Goo Goo Dolls is like they're coming from their kind of, as we saw, like kind of punkish uh, uh, butt rock roots um, into now this, like this more pop oriented style it's 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 interesting it's a polish you know obviously everybody's got to make a living and i think they found how they're going to be able to do it the best way possible yeah and i think there's still this like especially with this song this kind of idea of really trying to make it seem like it's still authentic right you know you have your pop but then you also like but no, this song's about feelings and about, like, regret yeah. and stuff. And so why don't we, uh, you know, because of that, why don't we go ahead and uh, dive in to the lyrics? Yep. And even though the moment passed me by, I still can't turn away. Yeah, so here you're like, what moment, what the, what are you not turning away from? <laughs> what the fuck All is right. happening right now? So we've set up. But then I think that that's an important thing because I think what happens in these songs a lot, like especially with Goo Goo Dolls and some of these other bands, where they make the lyrics sort of purposefully vague yes, so that the listener can just sort of like attach whatever moment passed them right. by in their well, life. Exactly. And it. you have the danger of um, – so I, I like to think of this as the Bob Dylan versus Phil Oaks type of argument like as far as songwriting goes is like you know they both wrote folk music that was about the events and the themes and the struggles of the day but phil oaks was really specific about it and pointed to exact moments in history or exact events and if you don't know what those things are then the song doesn't make a whole lot of sense to you anymore. Whereas you can, if you can interpolate a meaning on top of vague lyrics, you know, it presents the one that it can make your song slightly more timeless, or, you know, people could also use your song in ways that you never intended or didn't think to. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say that there are a lot of Phil Oaks songs that are open to interpretation, right? Like Phil Oaks is like, look, fuckers, the Vietnam War sucks, and here's <laughs> yeah. why, or whatever it is. Exactly. You know? Whereas, like, yeah, with Bob Dylan, it's like, oh, the Jack of Hearts could be a lot of different fucking yeah. things, right? Like, it's it's very um, impressionistic yes. and stuff. And these, but these are not, I will say, like, with Bob Dylan, at least there's some sort of, like, real attempt at specific imagery yes. and things. And here, it's like, they, they don't even have that. They want to make it so vague that it's just like, you know... The moments are passing me by. I can't turn away. The dreams that you thought you'd lose. You know, like, it's just these, like, very general concepts yes. so that they don't get bogged down in any specifics. Yeah. Because, again, they want to appeal to as many people as possible. Yeah, this is this is mass mass appeal lyrics. I mean, this is good, good pop writing, you know, or at least 
profitable pop writing is appealing yes. to the most people you possibly can. But so because all the dreams you never thought you'd lose got tossed along the way and the letters that you never meant to send get lost or thrown away. So, like, yeah, this is a this is a interesting line because it's an ironic twist, right? Because you didn't mean to send the letters anyway. Yeah. So they get lost. So you can't send them, but you were going to send them anyway. Yeah. This is, this is the, you know, when you have your, uh, you know, once a year, they have the email debt forgiveness that occurs. And <laughs> right. so it's like, oh, well, like I meant to send reply to your email, but it got deleted or whatever. And it's like, right. or like maybe you're thinking of a difficult, again, this is, again, open to interpretation. You're thinking of a difficult thing or reflecting on a difficult situation. And you're like, ah, it's like, maybe I'll send this, but you know, probably not. And then you lose it anyway. And for whatever, for whatever reason, even though you never meant to send it, why were you holding on to it? Becomes an yeah. interesting question. Right. It's yeah. They, the letter is, is it, it's not a communication anymore. It's just like a documentation of what you were trying to communicate. Yeah. And then even that gets lost. And this is like, you know, the dreams you never thought you'd lose get tossed along the way. Like that's just essentially the process of growing right. up. Right. Like just, you have all these dreams in front of you. And then as you sort of. As you get older, those all the different possibilities start slowly closing off to you. Yes. And I think that gets into the, the next section where it is definitely identifying that you're, we're growing up. So, And now we're grown-up orphans that never knew their names. We don't belong to no one. That's a shame. Yeah. So here I feel like this is, first of all, this is like a Bastards of Young reference that, that they're throwing in there. I, I, don't, um, I don't know that right. reference. Oh, it's the it's the um, the replacement song. Oh, so, like, okay. You know, of course the Goo Goo Dolls are going to know. Yeah, because they are they are the replacements. They are just a ripoff. They are, yeah. So they are the sons of no one, bastards of young. Yes. right? we don't belong to yeah, no one. Yeah, that's right. And but here now it's tying it like we're orphans. We don't belong to anybody. We don't have names because names are these like identity markers, right? Mm. And it's like we're atomized. Society left us behind. We don't have an identity. You know, yeah, it's because an identity is essentially how you fit into a social system. Right. right. And so the notion of like belonging to different people, if you don't have that, you're kind of like it's the myth of the atomized individual. Yes. I mean, I think that's that's what we're starting to potentially see is that these people are growing up and they're feeling isolated and alone. And I mean, I think that's a theme that we're seeing, particularly through the early 90s that's continuing on through the mid 90s this theme of loneliness yeah that I, this is like a classic gen x thing yeah. right like they 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 both sort of pride themselves on this and then like hate this about themselves yes. where they're like constantly alone nobody understands them but also like oh well because of that i'm self-sufficient and i'm you know self-reliant and i don't need i don't need anyone else i don't need you know i don't need your bullshit i can just do everything on my own which is only something that like an upper middle class person in late nineties America can possibly think. Right. <laughs> right. Like this is just none of this stuff feels true to my experience growing up anymore. Yeah. And so then we have this trying to find a way out of that loneliness is now we're bringing in another person here. If you could hide yeah. beside me, maybe for a while and I won't tell no one your name and I won't tell them your name. So this is a person that they have a name, right? Because it says they didn't have names before, right? Right. Or I guess it's we we didn't know our names, but now it's I won't tell anyone your name, right? 
So it is like you do have a name now, right? So you have an identity. You do have a social structure. You're hiding beside me. So there's a sense you don't belong to me, but there's a sense that we're connected in some way. Yes. You know, or, you know, the other alter interpretation is uh, this guy, you know, he's a gentleman, doesn't kiss and tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, he's he's going to kiss and tell, but he's not going to say who it is. You know, right? I think yeah. that's the... I'm going to I'm gonna say everything about you. I'm just not going to say what I'm just not going to tell anybody who you Which, are. By the way, did you hear the theory that this is um, MTV's Kennedy? Really? Yeah, apparently they were like, yeah. And they, like, they met each other young, I guess, and they, like, didn't, they both kind of, like, were estranged from their parents or didn't, I don't know, their parents died or something. I don't know, yeah. That was, yeah, apparently Kennedy claims that it this this song was about her. Interesting. But, but the Goo Goo Dolls are a little bit more uh, reserved More cagey about who this song is about. A little cagey, Well, I yeah. mean, that's the thing. As you pointed out, like, this is, like, such a weird Gen X, like, ennui to have. Like it would, you know, it, it's so, and again, so open-ended that she'd be like, oh, well, you know, me and old Johnny Resnick, you know, we were dating for a while. So this song's about me. And it's like, eh, yeah. uh, it could, it could be about anybody. Like, yeah, don't, she's doing the thing that we were sort of saying is, is what these songs are designed to get exactly. you to do, which is to think that this is about you. Yeah. But it also could actually be about her. Cause, yeah, I mean. it, it could it could easily. I mean, songs songs are often and you know Johnny Johnny Resnick and I like referring to him as Johnny Resnick. Um, John, yeah, old Johnny boy, um, old Johnny boy Resnick. Uh, definitely, I he seems to at the very least, even though he writes songs in these open ended and vague ways, they seem to de- they they strike me as they're about something. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. I think he at least has an idea of what he's going for. Yeah, like, he doesn't just come up with these ideas out of the thin air and just paint little pictures. You know, he's no, you know, Nabokov, just inventing little scenarios and playing them out in lyrics. And also, I don't know that he even knows, right? Even I don't think that he's the the arbiter of what this song is about. Maybe it's about Kennedy and he didn't even realize Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. Because, again, you have these very... Since it's so open-ended, he could be drawing from a lot of experiences. And I think it seems to be, you know, the song, he's really just trying to kind of, if anything that we've got through this first chorus, he's trying to develop this sense of loneliness and, you know, trying to find somebody who's a shelter from the storm of that loneliness. Yeah. And so, you know, this, that general feeling people can potentially identify with but that could also you know especially for a touring band like the goo goo dolls that could be potentially very lonely and anybody that johnny hooks up with maybe he's a sad boy and he just falls in love with every woman that he that he meets and is just but he's like using them to feel not lonely for the moment they're they're stop gaps for him but he won't tell him your name. But he won't tell much. him your name. I mean, so he's truly a gentleman. He's lonely, but he's a gentleman. Yeah. And the best kind of gentleman. <laughs> the lonely gentleman. It's a fine <laughs> bar. Fine bar you can find down in Houston, Texas, or I don't know. That's yeah, <laughs> the lonely gentleman. <laughs> and scars are souvenirs you never lose. <laughs> First of all, that line is the most goo goo doll shit ever. <laughs> right? Oh God! Right, it was like you bleed just to know you're you alive. Bleed. Scars or souvenirs <laughs> you never lose. This is dumb. It's so dumb. It's so... totally just designed to get like teenagers to be like, whoa. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that. You know, I'd love to pick 
one of these songwriters brains and be like look man that's dumb why'd you put that in there and i yeah i think that they they know right they have to know yeah I, they have to they have to be like the, the these fucking these little piggies will, will slop you know, they'll, they'll slop, slop it up like, <laughs> they'll slop this shit up <laughs> yeah right like they they can't be they're like gonna, they're gonna write like there's no way that like a 30 year old man writes that and just goes yeah fucking hell yeah man i feel that there's this or there'd be a certain level of like like sycophants you'd have to be surrounded by to as a 30 yeah. year old man write that and people would be like dude deep brah yeah that's yeah like you have some serious yes men in in your life if that's if people are not telling you that that's some whack shit yeah all right so the scars are souvenirs that you never lose the past is never far past is never far this is a classic like all of these songs in the 90s are like obsessed with with the with the impossible past right like they are just wildly obsessed with this concept that the past is gone like, you'll find the phrase or some version of the phrase, the past is gone, in every single one of these songs we're yes. going to be talking about. The past is gone. Because they don't no have shit. real problems, I feel like, <laughs> right? Like, they're, like, they don't act, like, the, the, the inexorable march of time is, like, the only thing that really feels like a tragedy in their life. Right, yeah. Whereas, like, you listen to, like, hip-hop during this time, and it's, like... They're just, like, recounting all the terrible things that go on in their lives, whereas here it's like, you know what sucks is that I can't live in the past. Like, that's the that's the one thing in my life that I find to be a, a true bummer. Yeah, this, this is this is um, the 30-year-old guy that you meet who's like, yeah, I was captain of the football team in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the Al Bundy, like, poke high. Yeah. Four touchdowns in one game. Exactly. Guy, yeah. Right. That's uh. Because th- these dudes all peaked in high school, right? right? Like that's kind of the subtext of all this stuff. Is like we were the the sensitive, cool guy who got all the chicks in high school, and now we're like our bodies are falling apart, and we don't have anything other than our you know our strange tunings and our our rugged good looks. <laughs> and rugged good looks did they have? I will say. Yeah. I will say that much. But. Did you lose yourself somewhere out there? Did you get to be a star? Are we back to the uh, shitting on someone for trying to be a famous thing so. again? Well, we, I guess that theme is popping up too. That theme here. seems to be uh, that seems to be the question. So I guess there's two ways to to. I think there's the one interpretation that you just brought up. That we're shitting on somebody for trying to be famous. Um, Man, they hated that shit. People in the 90s hated that shit more than anything else. Um, How dare you try to be famous, you fucking piece of shit, you stupid bitch, you fucking famous person. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it truly is very weird. I mean, I think the the other potential question is, you know, what was – so if we take this from the first Goo Goo Doll song that we were talking about where he's talking about this person who's leaving and going off uh, to, you know, find a new life or whatever, and maybe this person has returned or he's wondering about the same person. Um, uh-huh. And, like, he's like, whatever happened to you? Did you – you know, we if we go back to the beginning part of this is like because um, all the dreams you never thought you'd lose, like did you lose those out there? Right? Like, did you lose right. yourself and lose who you thought you would be? Then the question is, you know, it's not in there, but like it could be, did you lose yourself somewhere out there? Since this is a new line, 
or did you get to be a star or it could be and or either or yeah yeah that's true but i also yeah and it's interesting because i guess it's it's also like the only dream that this guy can think of is like the dream of being a star right or maybe he's using star like as you know in a broader sense maybe but i kind of feel like if you really care about someone is that really the first question that you ask well, wouldn't I you be like one... how are you doing like what you know are you happy yeah. or do you feel are do you live a life of fulfillment like it's it's never i don't know it just seems weird to be like oh did you get famous yeah um i guess i wonder what this is I think there's that sense of when you're young of like thinking that you're destined for better things. And I wonder if truly, you know, as he's setting this up, if we are to believe anything is factual, right. we have a couple of grown up orphans that never knew their names and they dreamed of being somebody cause they were nobody. And it's like, did, did that happen to you? Did you dream of escaping old, buffalo new york and their shitty buffalo pizza uh-huh. <laughs> and going out to los angeles Absolutely thrashing on buffalo new york yeah, and going out to los angeles and eating their california pizza kitchen which is not a thing yeah. but like, I mean, it is a thing but it's not really a thing it is a thing yeah <laughs> barbecue chicken pizza baby <laughs> so but let me ask you this question gabe did mtv's kennedy get to be a star would you consider her a star i think the jury's kind of out on i would that say one. the jury's 100 out on that one and if anything right, like i i would say there is probable doubt regarding <laughs> <laughs> regarding I, like, her. did you get to be a star well actually i became a moderately successful video dj <laughs> who then sort of receded into obscurity yeah i would say there's pro there's probable <laughs> doubt you know you know be, there's she is not a star beyond a reasonable doubt. <laughs> that is... Right. Yes. She is. Yeah. There is not a preponderance of evidence that she became a star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, she's definitely, she became she's definitely a, a footnote in, you know, in cultural history, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if she moved back to Buffalo, then I think she would definitely be a star. Yeah. And also, like, look, she's doing better than most of us. It's beyond. <laughs> yeah. She's a lot better than most of us. That's true. <laughs> I mean, and that's and that's so, you know, there's the, the next question that is brought up. And I love this question. And. <laughs> Don't it make you sad to know that life is more than who we are? And I think my answer to this question is no, it doesn't. No. It's actually, it's incredibly liberating to know that life is far bigger than us, right? Yeah. Like, like, it would make me sad to think that life was just about me because my life is not that significant in the grand scheme of things. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing is this idea of, you know, we are all the unreliable narrator of our own life right like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and we think of our lives moving through it that we are the main character and to me it's a way more interesting proposition you know i i can see how you might be sad thinking you could feel lonely that life and the world doesn't resolve around you revolve around you that just people come and interact with you and disappear and we are truly just atomized and right. um, just lonely individuals, or it's like, hey, I am just a piece in a part of a, a life of multiple people that I move in and out, but like we are all friends or like whatever, and we impact right. each other. Yeah, we're all connected and we all influence each other and all that. Yeah. So yeah, if you were 
notion is really grandiose that you are the star of the show and you're like man that's not the case that sucks it's like no you suck yeah but it's like it's such an american ideology right like we are so ingrained to think about this so really quick side note i've been i don't know what you've been doing to pass your corn quarantine that's a good Uh, one that's a good one but i've so what i've been doing is we've been watching like for some reason old like british and irish movies from the 90s like old charming movies of a better time so the the two that we've watched so far are waking ned divine and the englishman that went up a hill but came down a mountain Hmm. do you know either of these movies no no they both have like a pretty similar plot structure. I mean, like I know a, I'm, so when, I'm familiar with these movies. I have not seen them. Like okay, I know they so, exist, and that you are not lying to me about having watched something titled those right. things. <laughs> they are, yeah. So, um, so Waking Ned Divine is like this dude gets a he wins the lot. He's like from a like a Irish village of fifty three people, and then uh, he wins the lottery, but then dies of shock after. Oh god, I think I and might so have the, actually seen this movie. Yeah, and so the the town like all sort of like comes together to try to fool the Lotto people into thinking that it's this other guy is is Ned Divine. And they all kind of have to be in it together and then like at one point like there's the one woman that like doesn't want to go along with it and she is portrayed as the villain of the piece mm-hmm. right and the town itself like the village itself are like the good thing to do is to is for everyone to sort of band together the englishman that came up the hill and went down the mountain is about this like welsh village that has this they the pride of their village is this like little is this mountain they they think it's a mountain it's actually a hill mm-hmm. And the distinction is if it's more than a thousand feet, it's a mountain. But if not, it's a hill. Okay, I, I these, must have seen these cartographers okay. come and they like, yeah. I think I, I, have, they, I must have seen these movies when I was still, like my parents watched them. Because yeah, these, this sound is, these are parents' wildly movies for sure. Familiar. These sound wildly familiar. <laughs> so with the hill one, like that, you know, they measure it and it's like 984 feet. And so all the village bands together to like literally just drag a bunch of dirt up this hill and make it into a mountain (laughs) like they just build up (laughs) and then and then they have to like stall the cartographers and like you know they like puncture their tire and like make sure that the trains aren't running properly the cartographers like stay engage in in irish shenanigans yeah, well, Welsh shenanigans. Oh, sure, whatever. Yeah. They, they engage in shenanigans. Uh, That's the... Small village shenanigans <laughs> to fool these, like, you know, big-time person cartographers. <laughs> but it's just so interesting that, like, in America, the, the this movie does not exist. No American movie has this plot structure, right, where the village bands together to fuck up the, the individuals. I... In America, it's, oh, continue. it's always the... Well, I mean, there's probably some. There's probably some, but, like... It's not a dominant theme. Sure. In America, the theme is always like the one person that goes against the wisdom of the village. Yes. Right. Yes. That is the. And so it's just, you know, it's like the individual, like, no, you're all wrong and I'm right. And that's like a very weird strain in American ideology, yes. I feel it, like. It... Whereas every other country is like, no, 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 no. If you go against the village, chances are you're being a dick. Well, so, I mean, you think of um, like Russian novels. Where the uh-huh. protagonist attempts to go against, you know, the the group or what have you, 
and right. just end up being crushed by the system <laughs> or like right. there's a couple of different ways i think that's like part of it is i think with americans we see it as the individual doing the righteous thing that the group is oppressive and that being an individual yes. is so liberating and it's like man no sometimes you're just an asshole <laughs> like like you're not actually doing anything for anybody and it's so weird that like even like now that we're in this fucking pandemic that that has that still exists like there's still these weirdos that are like well fuck that i can do what i want i'm free to like did you see the fucking reverend horton heat thing no so you remember the band yeah the yeah reverend horton very, heat. he he came to raleigh like a month or two ago well he might come back because he said like there's no way i'm canceling my tour if you like i got i got mouths to feed i got you know i'm all about partying and rock and roll and i'm not gonna let some fucking virus get in my way Right, he has taken that approach. What a dumbass. Because, like, every single, like, other punk band (laughs) that I follow on Twitter and Instagram have all canceled their tours. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, of course. Like, everybody is like, oh, yeah, this is is terrible. We don't want to do this. Like, we we know that this can either, like, at this point, this can be really not a huge deal or a fucking massive deal. And the little choices that we make about staying in and those things, like, that's what's going to determine whether it's a big deal or not. But, like, then you got fucking Revan Horton Heat people who are just like, fuck it, man. Life's about partying and, you know, and taking care of business or whatever. And, like, that's just such a fucking selfish American thing, and it's weird. That is just awful. It's like, just stop. Don't do that. Yeah. So, in other words, in other words, Johnny Rez, it doesn't make me sad to know that life is more than who we are. It's actually a very important fact of life that we need to take seriously. Exactly. Because you know what? Sometimes we grew up way too fast and now there's nothing to believe and reruns all become our history. A tired song keeps playing on a tired radio. Come on, dude. Like that's just <laughs> a tired song keeps playing on a tired radio. God, just <laughs> tired song keeps playing on a tired radio is like the best fucking line. It's another just like sort of classically goo goo dolls. I'm also line. just like a tired song keeps playing on a weary radio or a weary song or a tired song. I don't know. It's just like No, the no, the tired song it plays on the tired radio. They're both tired, man. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I don't know. But, like, I, I don't know. But I think that's the whole thing is so we're giving up on this note. That that next couplet in to heading into the chorus is, like, all right, like, because you're not the center of the universe or that life is more than just who you are as a person, mm-hmm. it's, like, now there's nothing to believe. It's, like, yeah, well, that's a – I'm sorry you believed in this terrible ideology. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not that there's nothing to believe. It's that you believed something wrong, and then life experience showed you that it was wrong. Yeah. You can believe something else. You can believe in the common good of your fellow um, men and women. <laughs> and, of course, but again, that said, despite all but the so, sadness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much that that's like it's so ingrained, the individualism, that that other thing isn't even an option. Yeah. Right. The, the waking dead divine ideology just doesn't even occur to this dude. Yep. Yeah, it's it's uh, but you know bottom line is in the, in the him being subsumed by this ideology, he will still seek shelter and comfort from some individual and he won't tell their name. He'll be a perfect gentleman. (laughs) The lonely gentleman. Yeah, he keeps being a lonely gentleman. And I think, you know, then we have a little vamp here. 
some fun stuff. We get to hear the open guitarness and like the whatever of the song. Yep. And you know, I think about you all the time, but I don't need the same. I don't need the same, which I guess is his way of saying he doesn't need her to think yeah, about him. I would say that. It's like <laughs> That's... So the, there was a couple of ways I thought about it is like, oh, I don't need you to think about me all the time. Or maybe since we're so much talking about the past, he's like, I don't want the same thing that we had in the past. I want something new. But like that seems like a real stretch of an interpretation. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Um, though. It's lonely where you are. Come back down and I won't tell him your name. <laughs> How does he know that it's lonely? Is he just assuming that it's lonely for her? I would assume so. This is projecting. He's just projecting. projecting. Um, Because we have no reason to believe. Yeah, because I guess the question is, he's like, he asked this person, because I assume he's talking to somebody here. He's talking to MTV's Kennedy. Kennedy. He's like, so (laughs) he's asking these questions. Did you lose yourself somewhere out there? Did you get to be a star? Yeah, it's lonely where you are. It's these like, are people that have clearly lost touch, yeah, right? These are two people who like don't, you know, keep in contact anymore because MTV's Kennedy has, you know, moved back to Buffalo to do her own. I don't know if she was from Buffalo. That's <laughs> just yeah, probably. Wasn't she on those like I Love the Eighties yeah. shows though on VH1? <laughs> oh, Lisa Kennedy, where is she from? We'll see what is the Indianapolis. So she moved back to India. Oh, she's no, definitely a star. If she's from Indianapolis, definitely a star. Yeah. That city is like at most, you know, 20,000 people. I'm certainly super wrong. 876,000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. I'm willing to admit. Now I'm looking at her IMD. She married a guy named David Lee and has two Oh, kids. good for her. Unless that's not what she wanted. Then I'm sorry that you had to. So in if you look in her personal life, it says, Kennedy dated frontman and guitarist John Resnick from the band Goo Goo Dolls. The song Name was written about Ooh. her. And then it says, you know, for the citation, 34. The Kennedy Chronicles. Which is the Kennedy Chronicles, which is her, oh. right, her saying it. And then there's a little thing that says non-primary <laughs> source needed. Yeah, so we don't know who this is about. about she claims her. it's about her. Um, interestingly enough, I, I'm curious to read kennedy's book hey ladies tales and tips for curious <laughs> girls first edition uh that'll be that'll be wonderful <laughs> wasn't she didn't she turn into like a she 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 went like um you know victoria jackson style she went like social conservative did she that would make sense yeah i'm i'm flipping through the uh oh fame and chastity so yeah she definitely became uh def- <laughs> Fame and chat. If you have a section called Fame and Chastity, then well, she has an article. Um, oh, okay. She has an article where she talks. Oh, and then there's a, there's she's for some reason she is cited for what was reference thirty? Her politics. Oh, she's a libertarian and registered Republican, and she is yeah. She's like a she's a she Randian. has a pink elephant tattooed on her upper left thigh. God. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. So Darren. Yeah. <laughs> name by the goo goo dolls does it slap you know and again we're grading these on a curve right, right. for this jo- i think that we're still kind of i think it kind of does still like it there's there's something there's something nice about listening yeah. to it like when i was listening to it over and over again for the podcast like it i didn't hate it like i hate a lot of songs on repeat 
that we have yeah. to do. I didn't hate this one. So I'll say yes. Yes. What do you think? So I also think it slaps. So I know we were kind of ragging on this song for being kind of vague and open-ended so that you could project your own, you know, whatever you want to believe onto this song. Yeah. And the int- and I'm projecting that it slaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, and part of that, though, is, you know, I don't know that this was – this is unlikely to be – this was unlikely purposeful is that because of this like weird open tuning and this almost like ethereal nature of like the backing music Mm -hmm. having kind of lyrics that are open and you know interpretable is kind of an interesting match um yeah like i think you're right i think the the four mirrors the content in a lot of ways exactly so for that reason um i'm going to interpret this song as slapping <laughs> sounds good all right and but i will say that mtv's kennedy's politics do not slap. oh absolutely not <laughs> up next in our shit rock cool guy rock series semi-charmed life by third eye blind you can find does it slap on itunes spotify google play shit just about everywhere If you liked what you heard, tell your friends and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. The reviews will help other people find the podcast. In your review, feel free to tell us what song you want us to give the slap treatment. Who knows? We might just add your favorite song to the slap canon. Follow us on Twitter at DoesItSlapPod. Our theme music is provided by the patron saints of slap, New Junk City. Find a link to their band camp down in the episode description. Our cover art is done by Jeremy Hammond. Find him on Twitter at Jeremy Thunder. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Boom. And we're out.